It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Study. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm one of the financial planners on the show and also your host, along with my business partner, Josh Gregory, and special guest today, Alicia Boehner's back. That's right. We're glad to have Alicia. Have you ever asked yourself or, or wondered to yourself, is that covered by my insurance policy? Ever since uh, Andrea and I bought and started our mini farm, I've pondered that question from time to time, <laughs> like this morning, actually. We've, we've pondered it too, Josh. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I can tell you the wrong time to ask that question is right after some crazy event has occurred. That's not the time to find out, is it covered? Yeah. So we're going to be discussing that today on the show with Alicia Boehner. All right. Okay. Every show is your show, folks. We want to talk about what you're thinking about. So if you are facing a financial decision or you have a financial question, reach out to us. We would love to help and share some insight. You can reach out to us in three different ways. Go to wisemoneyradio.com and submit a question right there on the right. You can also listen to previous episodes right there as well. Second way, you can give us a call, 574-222-2000. And lastly, you can connect with us, Facebook and Twitter, at Wise Money Radio to leave questions or just catch up on content. All right, folks. Welcome back, Alicia. We were just talking before we pressed air or whatever button Casey presses to get us live. Uh, it's been about a year since Alicia was on. And actually, one of my favorite memories from having Alicia on is at one point a year ago in the show when she was on, I was trying to tell her, okay, it's time to you know start slowing down and stop talking because I've got to transition us. And I was motioning for her to continue talking. And it was actually pretty funny. It's pretty actually one of my least favorite memories. Oh, <laughs> you were you were giving kind of a come here, That's come right. here, give it back give to it me. Back but to she me. thought, give me more, give me more, and she wouldn't uh, quit. Right? That's all right. Well, That's true. like a third base coach, I've got my signals down, <laughs> so we're all good. But um, Alicia and I have worked together on the KFG team for about ten years now, I believe. Uh, she's one of our insurance advisors, so she's an expert here talking about insurance coverage. She also is team leader of that great department with a lot of great insurance agents there. So uh, what have I left out, Alicia? What else do people need to know about you? I don't know. I am from South Bend. I have a wonderful husband, Scott, and a year and a half year old named Leona, who is a spitfire, spunky little girl. <laughs> and we have a dog, two cats, simple folks, I guess. Okay. Do you have any pigs, though? We have no pigs, thankfully. Because I, I could send some your direction, actually. <laughs> we have a lot of birds. We're doing bird watching lately. I've been chasing pigs this morning. Oh, that is so funny. It's not, really. <laughs> yes, so it is. If it smells a little funny in the studio this morning, that might be me okay. or my okay. shoes. But uh, well, it turns we... out that pigs, they'll run a figure eight when you really want them to go in a straight line. <laughs> so you got to outsmart the pig somehow. Good to know. We've already learned something today. There mm -hmm. we go. So we're about to embark on a little storytelling in hopes that we can all learn a little bit more about the normal protections within our insurance coverages and really what adjustments we might need to make to make sure we've got the right coverage. Um, one of the biggest challenges within insurance is there is that question of, okay, well, is that covered? Like Josh had already kind of mentioned. 
Um, and so, uh, Alicia, can you enlighten us a little bit on um, that big frustration of mine? Is this covered? Sure. So just a reminder, if you're part of my fan club, which only includes my husband and mom, <laughs> the last time I was here, I said insurance is not for the little things. It was not created for that. It was created for the big things. So not everything is covered by an insurance policy. Some things are excluded completely. Some things there are limitations on what the policy will cover. And then some things you might have to add by an endorsement or something like that in order to have them covered. Mm -hmm. So it's always important to refer to your policy and ask your agent because different companies have different rules and guidelines. So no two policies are the same. Yeah, we try to think of insurance as protection against the catastrophic events, right? right. The stuff that you wouldn't be able to bounce back from if this occurred in your life, you know, if, if it would have a major impact on your financial life, that sort of thing. And usually the, the best things to insure are the things that are unlikely to happen, but if they do, it is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. that is exactly you can right. pay little premiums to an insurance company and have them take that risk onto their shoulders instead of you dealing with the aftermath if it does happen. That is exactly right. And that's a really good point because I think the things that a lot of people focus on are objects, they're material things like the home or the auto, but really the bigger question is, what if you injured someone? We mm -hmm. never know who will be the one that causes a car accident or how bad those injuries will be. Or what if you had someone come over to your house and they were hurt? We don't know who that will be or how bad that will be. We can't define that. And so that is important to protect against. Yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit of a theme in today's discussion. But I also just want to mention, if you are like me and a little frustrated by just the question of, is this covered or is it not? We're going to be talking, Elisa's going to share some stories. We're going to be talking about coverage today, and it might not be the exact coverage that you have. So one action item right off the bat is as you're listening today, if you have a question about, well, I wonder if my policy covers that, reach out to us or reach out to your insurance agent. Find out. There's a um, commercial, there's a tagline out there, stop knocking on wood when it comes to your insurance. It's really just all about know your coverage, folks. Right. So we're going to be talking in general today, but that's just my disclaimer. Your policy might be a little bit different. So let's start by talking about some of those personal exposures or personal risks that we all live with. As Alicia already said, if I'm in a car accident and I, and I bang up my car, I know my auto insurance is going to cover that. But what if I'm in some sort of altercation that doesn't involve my car. What kind of coverage is there for that? Right. So that's typically referred to as personal liability coverage. And really what that's intended to cover is if you hurt somebody else or you could be sued because you hurt someone else. So it's really liability exposures that you might have because you were negligent in some way. And that's what personal liability coverage will cover. So some examples of that. What if your dog got loose and bit somebody? Mm. That would be covered by personal liability insurance. What if you left the water running in your bathtub and it leaked down into the apartment below? That would be covered by personal liability insurance. Ooh. What if you decided it's 4th of July weekend coming up and you're out at the lake. And you want to shoot fireworks at your neighbor? <laughs> well, let's not do that. Oh, okay. But, but maybe you might want to borrow their boat and take that for a spin. And But what if you hurt somebody in the water? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. something mm. that could be covered by personal liability insurance. Yeah, got it. So y you mentioned... The you start, I thought you were going to property there and talking about the the leaking um, bathtub or mm -hmm. the water in the bathtub, but you were referring to uh, damaging things in the apartment below. So right. where is this 
coverage typically within? What type of policies? Homeowners insurance policies, condo policies, renters insurance policies are the three typical ones that you're going to find personal liability insurance to cover property damage for others. So specifically within rentals, I guess that's what I was teasing out of you there. I mean, a lot of times when you're renting, there's this question of, well, do I need insurance? Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of stuff in here. And you know what, if it gets, you know, if there's a fire or tornado or something, I'll just buy a new couch. Right. No, part of it is you need to protect yourself. Right. And a lot of times it's things as simple as cooking. So you're cooking on the stove. You maybe leave something for a minute, catches fire. Smoke damage can cause a ton of damage, even if there's not actual structural damage to your neighbor's apartment. Smoke damage could cost a lot of money to clean their items or something like that. But if you do happen to damage that apartment, you're going to have your landlord barking at you. You're going to also have your tenants barking at you because of their stuff that was damaged. So you don't want to find yourself in that situation. That's a good point. I mean, the, the whole issue here with liability is what did I do that caused damage to someone else, either to their personal body or to their uh, the things that they own, their assets, that sort of thing. And I, I don't know that I've really talked to people about renter's insurance from that particular angle before. Right. It's always been, well, what happens to your stuff if right. uh, you know it does go up in smoke or something? Right. I think that is really important to remember because we often think of people renting as being people who don't have a lot of assets or people who maybe don't have a lot of stuff. So something important to think about. So if someone does have is unfortunate enough to have a claim on that, does a deductible uh, does a deductible typically apply? Typically deductibles do not apply to liability coverages. Interesting. So even if you're negligent and you've done something, whether, you know, maybe it was just an accident, but something you did caused someone else to be injured and they sue, your policy has coverage there that Without a deductible, that applies. Correct. The majority right. of the time. Okay. The majority of the time. Okay. So we're actually going to get into some of the, well, sometimes difficult stories uh, to illustrate a little bit of, well, what would be considered a lawsuit risk or personal liability and what wouldn't? What sorts of examples? And then, of course, folks, we're all about taking action, helping you take your next wise step. So as we talk through those examples, we're going to finish with, all right, so what do you need to be doing about this? So we've got much, much more coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. I've got Joshua Gregory with me in the studio and special guest insurance advisor Alicia Boehner is with us. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring today's program. Today, we've actually been talking about liability risk and actually really the insurance coverage that's there in case you do something wrong and get sued. Not a fun topic, but Alicia is here helping us understand what type of coverage we need and really what's covered and what's not. Mm -hmm. If you have a question, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. So we've just started to unpeel or peel back this onion of what is personal liability? Where's the coverage at? It's in your homeowners or renter's insurance, even auto insurance. We're going to touch on that. But let's start talking about what it covers and what maybe it doesn't cover. Alicia, share some stories with us of examples, if you will. Okay, so... The team, when we were talking about this, they said there is one example you have to share because we get this question all the time. And that is, 
if someone has a dead tree and it's hanging over someone else's property and you are concerned, so your neighbor has this tree, it's half dead, it's hanging over your roof. You're worried that that tree might fall on your home and damage your home. So the example we have is this person was worried about that and they contacted their neighbor and they said, hey, you've got this rotten tree. I want this tree taken care of. I don't want my home damaged. Mm. Neighbor ignored them. So they sent letters, certified mail to the neighbor multiple times. See, I would have just complained (laughs) to my wife about it. (laughs) Well, not this person. They were very persistent. So they sent these letters, certified mail multiple times. And lo and behold, the day came, tree fell because they had documented that other person's personal liability had to pay. If they had not, in this instance, documented all of that, normally your homeowner's policy is intended to cover your structure. Your neighbor's policy does not cover your fence. Your neighbor's policy does not cover your home. But in this case, because they had documented that the other person had a clear responsibility and they had asked them to resolve the issue, the other person's personal liability did have to pay. Okay, what happens, though, if someone got hurt in that situation? Because you're right. I mean, you have a homeowner's policy, mm-hmm. um, and it would protect against wind damage and hail and things like that, or a tree falling on it. Yep. But that's to fix the house itself. If someone got hurt or killed, mm-hmm. God forbid, in a yep. scenario like this, uh, then who's who's responsible? It depends on where where it occurred. So, again, if it's happening at your property then it would be on your liability insurance. Or in this case, because they had documented it, I think it would have gone back to the neighbor again. But if they had not complained to the neighbor, it would have been just on the client's homeowner's policy. So this show is going to spark all kinds of letters to (laughs) between neighbors here, right? There's a whole wave of disgruntled uh, folks in the community now. Actually, here's what I think is going to happen. Someone's going to say, you know, honey, I think we need a new roof. And you see, oh, our na- no. you see our neighbor's uh, tree limb there. Maybe <laughs> maybe I can get up at night and start cutting that halfway through. Anyway. So right. I have another one if you want me to yeah, keep throwing them yes. at you. All right. So another one we had that was a liability claim, if you will. We had a client that had a swimming pool and they had someone who was visiting their home, putting the suntan lotion on, getting all ready to swim while put lotion on the bottoms of their feet. Interesting. I that, don't believe <laughs> that's a common occurrence. Pretty sure I've never gotten I a sunburn there before. I mean, I put lotion on my feet. Now, wait a but second. But not sunblock. If you're tanning <laughs> No, and don't justify your, it. Let's finish the story, Alicia. <laughs> All right. So anyway, you can see what's happening or what's yeah. coming, but slipped and fell, not not minor injuries, very, very serious injuries, not a funny situation at all. This person was very hurt, but it was not our client's fault. They didn't do anything wrong. It was all because that person had put that lotion on their feet. Our client did not really contribute. They weren't liable in any way. So in that case, the client's medical payments paid or is going to pay, but there will not be a liability claim. So even though it's their pool Mm -hmm. and it's their responsibility to make sure it's dry and safe, because this individual put suntan lotion on their feet, they were the negligent one, not the owner of the pool and the property. The key with liability coverage is the insurance company doesn't want you to have to pay for things that you shouldn't be responsible for, nor do they want to pay for something that you shouldn't be responsible for. So you have to show some type of negligence in the matter in order for your liability coverage to pay. What about a scenario where someone isn't a guest in your home, they've come onto your property 
uninvited. Generally, that, trespassing, that will words. not normally be covered by homeowners insurance because that person is trespassing. So homeowners policy isn't going to pay for somebody that's trespassing. All right. So I'm going to go one layer deeper there. So you've got the pool, for example, and that's appealing or attractive to some neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. A neighborhood kid trespasses. Mm-hmm. Because he's come over and you've invited him over in the past. And maybe for some strange reason, he thinks, I get, I have uh, an easement here, to use some insurance term. I, have, right. <laughs> I, can, I can come here whenever I want. And he jumps in and injures himself. Is that liability coverage? Or would, would, would you say no? That That is liability coverage. And what can get really, really tricky with insurance is... Coverage is always deemed at the time of the loss. So the insurance company will always look at all of the circumstances surrounding the claim to determine whether or not the client was you know, liable in some way. And in this case, they may find and say, well, this person had been over here multiple times. If that child was a minor, I think it would be more likely the policy would pay. If they were over the age of 18, I think it would be less likely the policy would pay. Mm. So, so how much influence do you have kind of going to bat for a a client, for an insured, um, who's maybe caught in a claim situation where they don't like the interpretation that the insurance company is taking at the time of a claim. Do you have the ability to kind of sway things or is it, hey, the contract said this and that's how it's going to be? So how it really works is the contract is key, but you can, as the agent, go to bat. You can read through the policy exclusions. You can look for loopholes. And that's part of our job is to make sure we're being an advocate for our clients and that we're looking after their best interest. We can plead the situation with the adjusters and ask for the adjusters to look at it differently. And often, even though I think sometimes insurance companies are criminalized, they really don't want to be the bad guy. They do want there to be coverage. A lot of adjusters work really hard to try to make sure they find a place, a loophole to pay something if they feel that it's a weird gray area or just an unfortunate set of circumstances. It's maybe a good reason to make sure you have a good relationship with your agent yeah, um, so that they know your character, right? right. They, they can go to bat for you and know that you're not scamming the system here in any way. Right. Um, you know, they, they can advocate for you, as you said. Right. I so agree. So auto accidents pose a little more logical or obvious risk when it comes to liabilities. I blew a stop sign and injured someone, something like that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a a little bit about liability coverage within an auto policy, how it typically works, and maybe an example or two of something that was covered and something that wasn't covered. Okay, so auto liability, you're going to have bodily injury, which this can take a couple of different forms, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but basically you can have an amount that it'll pay per person an amount that it'll pay per accident. So a lot of times what will happen is, let's just use a real life example. You get into a car accident, you hit someone else and they are hurt. There's gonna be a cap on what your policy will pay for any one person that's hurt and there will be a cap that it will pay for the whole claim. So if multiple people are involved, a maximum that it'll pay for the whole accident. Very common, you see 100,000 per person and 300,000 per accident, which means if it's just one person injured, there's $100,000 of coverage there for that one person, not 300000 right. But if it's a van that you hit and five people are injured, it caps at 300000 for the entire accident. That's your total coverage. Right. And that's a problem. If you don't know what your level of coverage is, there's a very good chance that that's the happy meal that you bought from your insurance agent and don't even realize it. Right. So many agencies out there, if you call in 
I used to say out of the phone book, but you know, you, <laughs> you Google searched and you found them. Um, you know, they're just quoting something generic, and they're trying to get it to line up with who what they think their competitor is also. Uh, quoting. So right. it may not be the right coverage for you, though. That's exactly right. You really do need to go through a lot of questions. You need to look at the client's particular financial situation. You need to look at their risk profile to determine do they require higher liability limits or is sometimes the 100, 300 is appropriate. So there's just a lot of information we need to gather in order to figure that out. If you're, I mean, we're starting to get into the obvious ones and it's summer, people drive faster right. and, you know, so I mean, maybe you're distracted driving, all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. big risks here. And I also know a lot of people who've gotten pools recently or gotten trampolines recently, and that poses a big risk as well. So mm -hmm. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about some auto accidents that were covered or okay. weren't covered, but we also need to talk about then really how you need to protect yourself. And for some of you, that might be a new kind of insurance policy that you add to your existing policy. So we still have a lot more to unpack here with Alicia Boehner here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. I've got Josh Gregory in the studio along with Alicia Boehner, insurance expert, all-around good person. She's helping all of us know what's covered, what's not when it comes to liability risks that we face and how our insurance coverage should work to protect that. Uh, all right. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us to make the Wise Money Show possible. And also, if you have a question sparked from today's discussion or anything else you're going through, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, as well as giving us a call, 574-222-2000. Okay, so we were talking about liability risks. We've hit what's covered on homeowners or auto owners, or excuse me, homeowners or renters insurance. But what about an example or two, Alicia, of some liability risk within an auto insurance policy that would be covered there, possibly covered there. Sure. So I have a situation with a client where their child was driving and went to pass another vehicle and ended up having a head-on collision, unfortunately. Oh, it was a very, very devastating accident. They had to have a helicopter ride, lots and lots and lots of injuries and their auto policy maxed out their liability limits because of the injuries that happened to the other people and their medical payments for themselves as well. They had cosmetic damage to their face. They had just tons and tons of damage and it was very, very scary and hard, long process for our client. Can, can you quantify that? Like what were those limits that got completely maxed out? 500,000. 500,000. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so the, even 500 grand in a bad accident may not be enough in other words. Right. That's wow. exactly right. Well, think about it. So we, we're, we're going to start talking about some of these limits and we mentioned just uh, earlier that typically I call it cookie cutter approach. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, insurance companies recommend that their uh, clients, that maybe you have 100, 300 coverage, which is 100,000 per person in an auto uh, policy and 300,000 for the entire accident. And I, I often tell people, if, if it's even somewhat serious where you have to get in an ambulance and go to the emergency room, 
maybe you're fine after that, but you've got some cuts and bruises and so on, and you just have to take that ride and go to the emergency room, you're probably pretty close to that 100000 right. If you get an, If you actually have to have a surgery, even if it's a minor one, you're probably going to hit that 100000 limit. Right, and when we think about the per-accident limit, you also have to think about domino effect because if you rear-end someone, in particular in bad weather, you can't control that. You can a little by being a careful driver, but if you hit someone, you rear-end them, they rear-end someone else, they rear-end someone else, they trace that back to the person that originated the accident. Uh, so that could be multiple people in different cars, and that can go very quickly if multiple people were injured. So here's the thing, folks. I mean, we in Michiana, we're all really blessed by this great construction we're having around here. <laughs> so no distracted driving, because what Alicia's mentioning is you might be very familiar with this road, and you just get a text message, you want to quickly reply, and you look down, you look up, traffic is stopped right. because there's some construction, and right. you cause an accident that then is that domino effect and not only injure people, but create some really big exposure for you. There. You know, there's a trend coming too. I, I was reading about these self-driving cars oh, that are out there, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Not yeah. so much around here, I assume. But the, the thing about these self-driving cars, they do get in accidents, but rarely are the one that caused it because they're following all the rules. Right. And right. it's strange sometimes when someone actually completely stops at this light here instead of right. kind of cruising through. So... You know, be careful. You're you're right because you never know if that accident doesn't start having the domino effect that you were referring to. So we talked about the risk of having just cookie cutter approach, 100, 300. We didn't talk about, and I'm going to parlay this into this additional coverage, what we recommend for lots of folks, but we didn't talk about common personal liability coverage on the home. What's a common amount? 300,000 is what we see a lot of time, 500,000. Those two numbers typically are the two most common that we'll see on the homeowner's insurance policy. Yeah, I thought you were going to say 100 and 300. I still see a decent amount of that as I'm working with new folks. Uh, we do see some 100, but I'd say three and five are the more frequent two that we see. It's always interesting to me, though, because someone who maybe has $500,000 worth of protection on their house may only have they, 100 300 right, on their they, car. They may have very little. <laughs> yeah. And I my attitude is maybe this isn't completely true, but our ability to do damage to another person is a lot greater when we're behind the wheel yeah. than when we're sitting in our living room. Right. Okay, so what do you do? What if you've been listening to this conversation so far, your eyes are now open and say, "Gosh, there's a potential for a lot more damage here and I might not have the right sort of coverage. Mm-hmm. Is the response to talk to your insurance agent and buy as much possible insurance as possible? I would argue no. A lot of times we recommend for folks that they get a new type of policy that covers, that adds additional liability to their home liability protection, personal liability, as well as the home and auto, or excuse me, the the auto coverage. That's right. Uh, That's typically called an umbrella policy or an excess liability policy. And that policy is intended to do just what an umbrella does. So if you think about, about it, an umbrella, you hold over your head to cover you from rain. And that's what an umbrella policy does. It covers over your auto policy, your home policy. If you have watercraft or other things like that, you can put all of those things, stack them up under your umbrella. Then if you do have a serious claim on any of those items that you've put under the umbrella, those policies will pay first, and then your umbrella would give you additional coverage if you needed it. And it's, again, specifically for uh, liability, which we're defining as kind of lawsuit protection, right? You've you've hurt or done damage to someone else. Um, they've had a financial hit because of something right. you did. 
and now your policy is paying out to try to make them whole. Right. And we see a lot of people saying, well, I don't need that. I don't need that much coverage. Why would I ever need that? But just in our experience, we've had two umbrella policies pay. Some agencies are lucky they never see one, but we have had two just in the time that I have been at Corhorn Financial Group. And both of them were very sad, serious situations that if the clients had not had that coverage, I think they would have been devastated. So... The Wise Money Show is is about financial planning, and we and we talk about some specific issues of your financial life, but all to help you get that right so that your overall financial plan works. Right. And when it comes to an umbrella policy, and when you think of it in the context of your overall financial plan, the big financial goals you're trying to achieve, if you've been working hard to build up assets, build up retirement dollars, build up emergency funds, pay down debt in your financial life, and you're growing your wealth, if you get in a big accident, and they call it an accident for a reason, right. so so dismiss right now the idea that, well, that won't happen to me, because mm-hmm. it's an accident. Accidents right. happen. Right. right. If you don't have this extra liability protection, then that entire financial plan, the progress you're making financially is then at risk. Yep. For just a couple hundred dollars a year, it's typically, what, two, three hundred bucks a year, right. depending on your situation, you can get this extra liability insurance, this umbrella policy, to transfer that risk and and relieve a lot of fi- financial concern. Well, the other thing to keep in mind, we keep talking about this from a liability protection standpoint. If you hurt someone else, how do you make them whole? Mm-hmm. And having an extra million dollar umbrella policy certainly goes a long way to protect your interest if that were to happen. But what happens if you're the you're the victim of the accident? Right where someone hits you and you're knocked out of commission, you can't work the rest of your life, or worse, what if a member of your family is killed and your your family has lost the main breadwinner of the, the household? Well, in that situation, if, if that person who caused the accident doesn't have the right coverage in place, if, you're, if your insurance is written properly, it could be your insurance policy that comes to your rescue in that situation. I'm really glad you brought that up, Josh, because I would say the vast majority of umbrella policies we see come in do not have un and underinsured motorist coverage on it. And that's exactly what Josh right. is talking about, is if you get into an accident, the other person is at fault. They either have no coverage or not enough coverage to pay for your injuries. That's where your un and underinsured motorist on your umbrella will pick up and pay for those injuries. So... Really quickly, how do you know if you need an umbrella policy? What are some of the factors that you would consider? So we look at a couple of different things. The first thing is your financial need, so your net worth. Um, Even if your net worth isn't above the 500,000 mark, if you have have high wages, you earn a lot of money, your annual household income is high, a judge may very well look at you and say, you know what, you have cushion in your financial life, you have margin, and we are going to garnish wages if you were responsible for something serious. Another thing is your risk profile. So we want to look at things like, do you have young drivers that might be more likely to cause an accident due to inexperience or something like that? What about a pool or trampoline, those sorts of things? What are your risk factors and so on? Those would be issues you'd want to consider when you're looking at whether you need this type of protection as well. Um, Okay, folks, we've got a few great questions as well as a great one from Ryan here from Edwardsburg saying, hey, I'm a little interested in how insurance works if I live in Michigan, but I drive in Indiana a lot. So still good things yet to come here with Lisa Banner on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike. I've got Josh Gregory in the studio as well as insurance expert Alicia Boehner. We've been talking about insurance risks and really a liability risk, which is the not fun one. That's right. you, you, you had an accident, you did something wrong, and someone got hurt and you were sued. How are you protected? How's your insurance coverage step in there? Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com, or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, if you've missed anything, check out the podcast on iTunes or Google Play or on the, web su- on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. We've got all the previous episodes right there so you can catch up on all of that. So the exclamation point, if you will, to this conversation has been know your insurance coverage, especially your liability limits, and make sure it's appropriate for your risk profile as well as your overall situation. And we talked about many of you, many of you, will likely need an umbrella policy to make sure that your financial situation is covered should you have a really unfortunate incident. Now, Alicia, say someone's family member buys them a trampoline. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the sort of thing that you would need to communicate to your insurance professional Yes. In order to have coverage. Please, please <laughs> communicate that as well as purchasing new livestock. New Joshua li- okay. Gregory. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So, so I just, I'm teasing there, but so we've had an umbrella policy in, in the Bernard household. We've had it for a long time. But you just, bought a trampoline without well, telling me, I did not Mike? buy it. I did not buy it. I would not. I, t- I took a picture of it, sent it to my brother. He said, tell me you're renting that. No. <laughs> my, my wonderful in-laws uh, bought that as a gift for the kids. Okay. And we just got it. We just put okay. it up. They've been having fun. But I thought, oh. I wonder if I need to communicate this. I've already got the umbrella policy. Hopefully nothing happens, but anyway. (laughs) Yes, you do need to let your agent know whenever you add anything that might be unusual or might put you at more risk. So swimming pools, trampolines, watercraft, and really you should be having a regular review with your agent. So make sure you're doing that. That's a good point. Okay, so let me interject one more question here because... For for our listeners who have been paying attention today, and they you've uh, motivated them to go get the right protection in place. All right. What do you say? Uh, one of the objections that we sometimes hear from other insurance professionals that oh, if I get the right amount of insurance, or if I increase my insurance, then it's just going to attract more of a, a lawsuit. Right. What's your response to something like that? Honestly, I say, who cares? Worry about your financial life and protecting your financial life. If they sue you for more, they sue you for more. But I also would say the times I have seen umbrella policies pay, it is because our client did something. They had a very unfortunate incident and accident. They felt terrible. They were devastated over the damage that they caused to those other people and those families. And I think if you went back and asked any of them, would they have cared if they had another million to pay that family? I think every single one of them would have said, No, they wish they'd had more even. Well, in both of those incidents, had they not had the umbrella policy and this issue happened, their financial life would have been at risk. The the, the attorney for the um, injured party wouldn't have said, well, we'll just, you know, try to collect our 100,000. 
Right. No, right. these were significant accidents, and yet accidents nonetheless. There right. was nothing that they did that all of a sudden put them in this situation. It was an accident. Right. So who cares? Don't worry about attorneys. Worry about you, your own financial life. And protecting yourself. Yep. That's right. So for many of you, the action item today is take a look at your policy. Yep. Some of you, it's reach out to your agent. And others, if you don't have an agent, reach out to us. We'd love to help you. You can call us at the Wise Money Line, 574-222-2000. And we're happy to review your situation for you. Okay, so Ryan asked a good question here. Uh, Ryan from Edwardsburg, here's what he said. I'm wondering about my car insurance since I live in Michigan, but drive in Indiana most of the time. I know Michigan is no fault, which is why my auto insurance premiums are so expensive. Sorry about that, Ryan. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Does that mean I also have Michigan no-fault insurance if I'm in an accident in Indiana? How does that work? Actually, whatever state you have the accident in is the law that will apply. So Ryan does have coverages on his auto insurance in Michigan that would apply for him in Indiana, a little chunk of what we would normally have here. There are some things that we don't have here that apply in Michigan, but he has some things included in his policy that will protect him here. So he, so even though it's a no-fault state... It'll and, be Indiana's laws and rules that apply. So right. if you are listening and live in Michigan and you've just thought, well, I've got my, is it the PIP protection? Is yeah. that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> and so I've got my no-fault stuff and I'm good. I don't really care. Maybe I've zoned out when we, when we were talking about the bodily injury, 100, right. 300. No, those limits still apply to you because that's what would come into play if you were in an accident in Indiana. Right, and another one is the un and the underinsured motorist. We often see people in Michigan have lower limits on the un and the underinsured motorist. But if you are someone that's traveling in Indiana frequently, you'd want to make sure those limits are still adequate for your own financial life. Yeah, that's important. I mean, so many uh, folks listening today live just across the state line, right. but maybe most of their life is here in Indiana. Right. So uh, pay pay careful, close attention to, uh, to those details. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, next question here from Janice from Mishawaka. We've decided to put a pool in at the house, and I'm curious what changes I need to make to my insurance and how we make sure we're protected if something goes wrong. The biggest thing you need to do is contact your agent and let them know that you have the swimming pool because some companies have restrictions regarding slides, diving boards. You want to make sure you let them know those different things. They also might have rules about fencing for the pool. You want to make sure that you're complying with all of the company's regulations so that if something happens, you're covered. Is it possible that the insurance company could have more stringent rules than even what like the building codes around here say? Oh, definitely. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Each insurance company has their own rules and regulations. Most of them will require a fenced locked gate around the swimming pool. Some are getting a little more with the times and they'll be okay with a hard cover that's a locking hard cover that you can walk on. Um, but more importantly, revisit those liability limits on your homeowner's insurance. And I would always recommend you consider an um, umbrella policy if you do have a swimming pool too. If you get a pool, yeah. get an umbrella. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Hey, uh, so <laughs> but what about, does, is it going to make your insurance costs go up? Some companies will surcharge, some companies don't. Again, just depends. <laughs> what about hypothetically for a trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> some companies will surcharge, some companies don't. And a surcharge, because I'm using insurance jargon and I always get yelled at, in particular by Josh for that, a surcharge just means we're going to charge you because you have this. So we're going to charge you 40 bucks or 50 bucks because we think that this is more risky. Thanks for the gift, Mima and Papa. You, <laughs> I now have to pay more for my homeowner's insurance. I think you need to bring that trampoline to our house. We'll put it 
next to the pool oh. and see what kind of reaction that gets out of the insurance awesome. company. Hey, so so Janice's question was about putting a pool in. What about an above ground pool? Okay, so so an inflatable pool, something like that, even a hot tub. Is that still something where you say? I've got to have extra protection and I might have to pay more for my insurance. Ask, always ask, especially with the pools, inflatable pools. uh, Normally, if it's a blow up pool, it's going to automatically be covered by your homeowner's liability coverage. But those easy up pools that are bigger, some of those you still have to comply with the same rules and they will charge for. So it just kind of depends. Yeah. There's no certainty in insurance. Okay. So (laughs) rules anyway, if you've, if you've gone to the expense of, getting a pool and we've been talking about liability today but there is i've i've seen from friends somehow the cover gets damaged mm-hmm. or something falls into the pool let's say an errant tractor or something like that <laughs> and, wow. and, and da- damages the liner or the side or something like that is that property now covered well actually property is very tricky with swimming pools okay because Freezing and thawing of earth is excluded under most homeowners insurance policies. So swimming pools rarely will have adequate property coverage for most of the things that will happen, which usually the liner tears because the earth is freezing and thawing or it cracks because of the earth freezing and thawing. So most of the time swimming pools for property aren't necessarily covered if it's an in-ground pool. If it's a blow-up pool, it's considered personal property and yes, it'd be covered. When we first got our house, a stray dog got into the pool, was struggling to get out, tore the liner, mm. and thankfully a neighbor heard it struggling and came oh. over and, and got it out. The dog survived. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, but the liner wasn't. Oh, whoops. And uh, we, we never made a claim or anything like that, but yeah. it makes me wonder now. Well, that one might have actually been covered because it's a little bit different than freezing and thawing, clearly, but... Okay. Well, lots to consider here, folks. And hopefully this discussion has spurred you on to, okay, do I have the right coverage? What questions do I have? And once again, the goal here is to make sure that you reach out to your agent to make sure that you've got coverage that fits your situation. We're happy to help if you have any questions. Otherwise, hopefully this discussion has spurred you on. On behalf of special guests, Alicia Boehner and Josh Gregory and myself, the rest of us at KFG. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.